Are you you don't like drying them out so that they're hard as metal and just shoving it in your mouth and going and no, biting just down as loud I as I swallow whole. They'll just pass right through. I like to hand. shove as many of them between my teeth and crunch down as hard as I can. That explains the issues you had in high school with braces. <laughs> Is that why you had braces? You just ate a fistful of corn kernels a one day? fistful of and corn kernels. And went to the dentist and they're like, dude, braces. What, what did you braces. do? You didn't want to tell them, so you just told them you were born like that and your parents backed you. Welcome to Bad Kitty Media Pod, a podcast where we talk about everything and anything. This is Ace, and I'm joined by Andy. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about urban farming. But first, 10 minutes of obligatory small talk. Did you switch the everything and anything? No, this is what I have written down. Right, but isn't it anything and everything? I always switch it. That's my brand. I don't think it is. I think it happened for one episode, and you just happened to copy the one that we did it for. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I did that on purpose. Uh-huh. Sure you did. I like it this way better. I, mean, it I don't. Anything and everything sounds smoother. It's everything and anything. Just to be That gave me chills. <laughs> I hated that. I You're hated that. So what have you been up to other than hating my order of introduction? I mean, I'm still analyzing your intro, so... You're still coping? I'm still coping. Like, why did you capitalize all the letters in our name? And, and why only you... put yours in quotes. Yeah, I was going to say, why did you put mine in quotes? Because you're... And you said walk, not talk. And then you auto-corrected when you said it. You didn't even mess up during the intro. You just messed up in the typing. See, I, I think better than I type, Andy, because my fingers are tired and cold today. Also, I'm going to bring up the point of, is it really obligatory small talk if we only do it every other episode? It, it still is obligatory. Sometimes <laughs> we just miss it when like, we really want to get into the topic. Or when we've already had when small we talk. feel like it. Yeah. Sometimes we just do the small talk before recording and then, oh, we have to record now. Yeah, so Aiden's supposed to be here at like, what, 10.10? And we're supposed to start recording then, but we don't usually get started until like 10.30 or later depending because we're talking it's 10:34 right now yeah but in our defense we had to we both just got here you had just gotten off work we needed some water we needed to just set up everything and discuss before we could start it's it's necessary imagine just starting without knowing what's going on water. actually that's the most fun time water 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 what Green have you water. been up to other than cave cave Fair enough. I literally haven't done much else. I haven't been uh, working out as much. Same. I have not been doing as much martial arts or jumping or anything because it's been so hectic there at the cave. And it's going to be because we have one more camp starting next week. So. Got it. Is it just like climbing season or it's because of the camps? Um, so it's not climbing season. That's why we have climbers because climbing season, no one shows up because everyone's outdoors. Got it. So during the off season, everyone shows up at the cave. And so right now it's off season because it's the middle of summer and you'll burn your hands on the rock if you go outdoors, unless you're a beast. I know some climbers who don't care at all. Or have just really good thin gloves. No, you don't climb in gloves. That's awful. That's terrible. You have to have good gloves. Like the shoes where it just like crimps around. Imagine that, but like toe shoes. Yeah. Toe shoes. (laughs) Yeah. Just having talons on the end of your fingers made out of like hard rubber to cling onto the rock. Would that not be easier? No. 
How would you get them into small crevices? Okay, it'd be better for ice climbing. Yeah, but then you just have an ice axe. But you which generates more momentum. But talent. And that's what you do for your shoes. They're called crampons. Imagine pulling up to the ice climbing squad with claws. Yeah, everyone has claws on their feet. They're called crampons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really good point. Literally, you just, you just describe something that has already existed for hundreds of years. See, yeah, but I've never ice climbed, so I just imagine that... See, but you had the opportunity to. I did, but I was... And then I, you didn't. Cold. I... That's a stupid excuse. I don't have jacket I hate for the cold. cold. I literally hate the cold more than you do, and I went. But... And the year... The first year I went, there was an ice storm where that we literally got trapped, and it was literally... You couldn't see 10 feet in front of you because there was snow. And if you took your shirt off, you start to burn. Is that the time that you had to reach your arm? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so the first year I went, when you're ice climbing, you have to use these ice axes and jab them into the, the ice all hard to climb. And I got to the top of the climb and I hooked them around my neck so I could use my hands to help myself back down, like during the rappel. And the rappeller dropped me suddenly and then jerked it to a stop. And one of the ice axes fell off my neck and tumbled down the wall. And in your ray, it's like this canyon and the walls are covered in ice. And at the bottom of the canyon, there's a lake or not a lake. I'm sorry, uh, like a stream, like a real small river. And the water was still running because it was, you know, it's, it's flowing water so it doesn't freeze. And so the ice axe plummeted into the little, little stream. And so when I got down, I had to, get it out. And so basically I had to take off my jackets, which was already bad enough. And then I had to roll up my sleeve and stick my arm all the way down to my shoulder into the water. And I had to root around in the water for it. And once I got a hold of it and I pulled it out, my arm from my shoulder down to my hand turned bright red and it, it didn't feel cold anymore. It felt very, very hot. Oh no. <laughs> so that's the kind of cold in your and you wonder why I did not go. See, but don't drop your ice axe. It's not that hard. I don't I was just have an, an ice axe. I was just an idiot. You would have. I, I don't own any. But don't drop it. Just don't be stupid. I'm an idiot. Don't I was going like to say, me. but you dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> don't be like me. <laughs> Knowing me, I would drop both of them at the same time. So I and wouldn't. And then have you'd have to roll them. Both sleeves. <laughs> no, I'm going to use my toes. I'm going to reach my leg in there. That's awful because your feet are never warm in your ray, even if you're... So, so these boots that you wear to your ray are measured by, they call it grams, which is basically just the gram amount of insulation in the boot. Got it's it. like 18, 24, blah, 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 right? And so you have some of the highest rated gram boots for the cold. And even with the highest gram boot, your feet are never warm, ever. Are they always cold? Or they always are just kind always of cold or you do not feel them. That's great. <laughs> no, it's not. That's terrible. And then imagine reaching your feet into the water to pick out the ice axe. See, and then, like, your foot just falls off. It's already cold, so I'm not going to mind dipping my foot in. If it falls off? I can climb out on the two ice axes I got. I don't need legs. I can... No, honestly, you can um, attach the ice axes to my ice legs and I can crawl up and To your like ice legs? Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll give you legs of icicles. They are icicles after I stick my leg in them. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Ice legs. So just tie the, the ice axes on. So what about you? Have you what, did, what have you been up to? I work. You got your car back. I did get my car back. I've had my car. I just leave it at my parents' house sometimes. 
I don't use you don't it. get a good enough gas mileage to bring it to El Paso. Yeah. No, no, no. I do bring it to El Paso, and I sometimes shop with groceries on it. But, like, that's pretty much all I do with the car. Most don't of the time, I'm work. on the bike. Oh, I see. I forget you on a bike sometimes. It's not mine. You, you have a bike, and you can ride whenever you want. I do not. Yeah, because my dad likes his bike better, so... He likes his other bike. Fr- yeah, yeah. His other bike. <laughs> he likes the weird green goblin looking one. KTM? Yeah. No, K- KLR. Is it a KTM? You got only one letter correct, Andy. Well, I associate green with like Kawasaki. Yeah, you're correct. KLR? Yeah. I, I know. I was just making sure. You got it. Got it. Uh, <laughs> how's your car, I guess? Any um, new issues? Not good. Oh, no. Uh, well, same issues as last episode. Just now the pulley is rubbing so hard it's keeping the vehicle from starting sometimes. So literally, I got stranded at Cell's house because it would not start. And so I was like, can I have a crowbar? And I just shoved the crowbar in and jammed the pulley back into the compressor and then turned on the car. And then I just took the crowbar with me. <laughs> I mean, if it works. Yeah. But I'm going to be replacing that at some point. Hopefully soon. Mine makes weird noises when I start it, but I haven't diagnosed that yet because it hasn't it caused... Is, is it your AC? Because you said your AC's out. No. Because if you leave your compressor long enough, it'll just become how mine is, where it just kind of blows up and falls apart. If the clutch isn't engaged, why would it blow up? Because it's spinning. Mine wasn't engaged. Got it, got but it. But it blew up, and I'm honestly not sure. I... I kind of have a sneaking suspicion a rock kind of flew up in there or something because literally the clutch is in pieces. Like, and it's solid cast metal. Have you counted the metal pieces? I can't. It's too... It's like at the bottom of the engine and all Hondas aren't big enough to look in there. Yeah, it's the engine... I can't even get my hand... I literally can't get my hand between the pulley and the engine. Bay. That's insane. Yeah. Well, at least... It's reliable, question mark? <laughs> it's still running, and I don't have power steering, so yeah, I guess you're right. After all this time <laughs> fixing it, it's... And people say Hondas aren't reliable. I'm testing that. When was the last time it was maintained before you purchased it? Before I purchased it? Yeah, like how long had it been going? Um, it, it had wrong. been maintained pretty well, because okay. my grandma would take it into the shop, like a... Like a, like a maintenance shop like a mechanic shop the only thing is the mechanics weren't very good so they'd made a lot of mistakes like so it has a transmission replacement because honda accords of that year go through automatic transmissions like it's paper when they made the transmission to the housing of the engine they didn't line it up properly and so it's it wasn't that big of a deal because the only thing that was off was the flywheel and the timing so it was off by like two ticks, right? So that's not that much. It, it, it ran, but I just went in there and fixed it. And it Got it. it you runs might as better. Well. Yeah, and it, it's it's just changing the timing of the engine is all. Oh, okay. Um, like ever so slightly. Like it's not that bad of a deal. It just makes it run smoother. Got it. And then let's see here. Um, they didn't put certain plugs back into holes. They didn't, you know, bolt certain things back on. I don't have all my skid plates. Like stupid stuff like that. Yeah. All minor stuff that's going to come back and bite you later. No, it's like I a, fixed most of it. Yeah, but like when it comes up to be fixed, it's always at like inoperative. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of true. It's like, <laughs> why, did, why didn't the old mechanic put holes in the drive shaft again? I'm, I'm in Las Cruces. This is true. 
Wait, it's there is no drive shaft because it's a front, it's wheel, a front wheel drive. drive. So there's like little tubes. Well, so there is technically drive shafts. It's the little axles. They're not necessarily little, but yes. They're, they're little compared to a cause, drive shaft. Because you have, you're thinking of a truck drive shaft. Even the one on my car is like. I've literally seen sedans with drive shafts that are smaller than my forearm. Mine's about the size of the forearm. Of your forearm or my forearm? Because yours is bigger. They're about the same size. Yours is considerably larger. Yeah, don't even give me that. <laughs> yours is still stronger. It doesn't matter. We're talking about size here. Yes. We're comparing, Aiden. So, yeah, I have a, a forearm drive axle size, apparently, for my car. And then the... the <laughs> And then the Bronco was like the size of your head. <laughs> yeah, no, basically what? No, it feels like it was the size of this uh, pop filter. Yeah, no, those things are big. Um, but yeah, two drive drive shafts coming off. I, they're not called drive shafts; they're drive axles. Transaxle. I think so. Yeah, and they just come off either side of the transmission. Got it. Okay, Aiden. So, what is urban farming? That was a great transition. What is urban farming? You ask. Have you never like Aiden clicks on links to go look at and read off what urban farming is? <laughs> no, I was trying to introduce it. I already read this. Stuff. Oh, okay, okay. I was gonna ask if you ever lived in a big city. Well, now I do. Okay. Do you see plants? No. Okay. We're in the desert. <laughs> Nothing exists out here. You are very Death. correct. Because I I live in an area that Death. has a lot of plants, and it's still the desert. But can you imagine this city with we like? We live in the same area. Las Cruces is different. It's the same area. It's Not where same. I live. I live by the river up north. Which is all farm. human made. And farm. But natural, it's all the same. Yeah, natural, it's exactly the same. It's identical. <laughs> mountain closer here. Mount, a, mountain close. <laughs> yeah. So, can you imagine El Paso or preferably an even larger city with more plants and like stuff that's edible preferably like within the city or outside the city obviously there's a ton outside the city i mean within the city otherwise it's not urban farming it's just farming yeah i not really i'm gonna be honest <laughs> i couldn't either um until i did a little bit of research on this but it actually sounds like an interesting idea uh urban farming is the practice of cultivating cultivating processing and distributing food in our area around urban areas in or around urban areas it encompasses complex uh, diverse mix of food production activities, including fisheries, even forestry. In many cities, the main thing is it has to be farming within a city. Like pretty broad definition. Yeah, that's a super broad definition because by that definition, does Crucis Crucis has urban farming because that one little mini farm over by the school. Yes, and or actually by your house, I meant to say. It's right across the street from your parents' house. Oh, oh yeah, the NMSU farms. No. Right oh, across community the garden. Yes, yes. That's con- that farm. would that would. Or you just said okay, fine. Urban agriculture. Okay. No, my point is that even something as a community garden counts as urban. Farming. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the then they would have urban farming. I think El Paso does somewhere. I know. I know it's big enough that there's at least one community garden. Yeah, I think most cities have by that definition, urban farming. Yes, but what we're talking about is. A larger implementation of that. Larger scale. Uh, one thing that I, I learned is that about half the world's population is in large cities. So if you 
need to feed all those cities and people aren't living in rural land where they can grow food themselves, it takes a lot of land to actually feed all those people who are not, in essence, growing food for themselves. So half the world's population lives in areas that doesn't really grow much food because it's a city. And as the world population goes up, Andy, so is that land need. So an idea is to just use use the already existing land. Yeah, because there's already a ton of people here. Yeah, and I feel like something like this would allow for people who may be low income, let's say they live in apartments, make it on their balcony or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so that way it reduces how much they have to buy because you're creating your own produce. Um, self-sustaining concept. Yeah, it would probably be better on a slightly larger scale, like a apartment complex garden or like a community like garden. Like a rooftop garden? Yeah, for like the entire community. Ooh. There's like the main building have a garden up there. Well, yeah, so like that. in El Paso and Crucis, apartments are primarily a very spread out set of land with a variety of separated buildings that are each sectioned off into four or six apartments, right? Yes. But in big cities, it's apartments are usually one absolutely massive building that is very tall right or at least medium and some of them even have pools on top of them and stuff like that so if you were to replace the pool with a garden there we go community apartment gardens that would be very helpful to the community because not only does it like make people more like social and build community like it allows that community especially if they're lower income Like, oh no, grocery prices went up, hint, hint. How are we supposed to get groceries? Oh wait, we can grow some of our fresh produce just less than 10 feet away from my door. Why not save a little bit of money and make your own whatever plant grows in your area? If your tomatoes do okay, maybe make your own pasta sauce. So I feel like something like this also provides people with an extra learning opportunity, right? Because growing food yourself is something that most people don't get to do now. You know, and, and something, in, you know, Crucis may be different. I think we have a lot of opportunities to farm yourself in Crucis, but I feel like here in El Paso and other cities, doing something like this would give people the opportunity to learn how to grow things or where their food comes from. Got it. I think it's because Crucis is really small and agricultural. So, like, it's, everywhere It's because we're super kind of agricultural, right? Yeah. That's like our whole shtick half the time. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. So, Chili festival. Yeah, like that's our whole shtick. And so most people in Crucis understand where our food comes from and how to grow plants and all this other stuff. But in other cities, some people may not know how to do that. Got it. And I feel like even still, a lot of people here don't know how. They're just exposed to it. But like knowing about it and doing it is a little different. I mean, I can't keep tomato plants alive to save me. The ones at my mom's house are doing terrible. One's doing okay. But they're doing terrible. You have tomato plants? My mom has tomato plants. I helped her with a garden, but I'm not there often enough to maintain it. So um, it's kind of their garden that I help with. Why didn't she just maintain it? She could maintain She does, but you know, one, her son is better at this than she is with combined knowledge. Oh my gosh. We're the Wait, same. So you're telling we're both me. Good at, we're both equally <laughs> bad at it, but with our combined knowledge, we do mediocre. Okay, right? I was about to roast your mom. I was like, you're telling me you're no, garbage no. and she's even worse. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying combined. We're, we could be adequate. I just, it's hard. I'm absolute trash at keeping things alive. Ever since I got this job, my parent, my sister always like, hey, what's wrong with my plant? I'm like, I don't know. Water it more, water it less. Cause I don't know. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm super bad at keeping things alive. When George was here, I would forget to feed George like every other day. It was like awful. George question mark? Yeah, the guy who writes our intros. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, pets are a little easier to deal with because they don't require food like that. Yeah, you just give them water and decent dirt. Dirt is the food. The light the is nutrients also food. come from yeah so and also by providing people with a place for them to cultivate their own food you're giving people more control over where their food comes from rather than giving it all to the government or whatever entity is in charge of agriculture correct yeah or like the big farms controlling our food support sources we can kind of just get food from one another on a local level instead of having to go through a middleman which i feel like big corporations hate that they probably do for that reason, I could totally see urban farms like this never taking over because the Kinda big like corporations... Kind like cars existed in the 1920s, but they never took over because oil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, the big companies are going to be like, hey, you can't make your own food, and then we're going to be like, that's, no, that's what? how we get riches <laughs> that, that we are your food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. We provide everything to you. So this is a way of preventing that, I guess. Just grow more so that you have options. Or if there's like a food supply issue on like a national level, as we are all familiar with, with all these quote unquote supply chain issues, chances are your community garden is not gonna be any different because of an issue that happened four states away with a drought or whatever those are. I'm not used to those. It's very wet here. There's a lot of plants. Yeah. And you know, Aiden, sometimes when I'm working a lot, I have trouble eating like healthy and this sounded like a jimmy ad. john's this, question this mark? sounded like an ad yeah. start it's not an ad we're not sponsored by anyone but bad kitty media creative Go check we're out sponsored by junk food <laughs> all so junk food when i'm working a lot i tend to eat more unhealthy food and so if i were to be forced almost to cultivate my own nutrition would that cause me to eat healthier i mean yeah it's like oh wow i have tomatoes now um why would I not figure out how to eat these? Couldn't I just grow Cheetos in my garden and still eat unhealthy? Can I plant a Cheeto and have a Cheeto tree? You could plant corn and then make Cheetos yourself if you have... Really yeah, that's what I said. Plant Cheetos. That's, that's not how that works. And this makes people more uh, thoughtful of their food choices as well because you can't just have a pre-made thing. It kind of forces you to be creative. I'm going to go plant some Cheetos. You know what? If you can do that, you should sell that idea. <laughs> I should sell it. I wonderful. should sell the Cheeto seeds. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> I'm going to rebag Cheetos. Yes, I'm going to rebag Cheetos and sell them as Cheeto seeds. <laughs> oh, goodness. You should. We'll give those out on like April oh, Fool's no, or something. That sounds so illegal. No, not if you give them away. And not if you don't get caught. <laughs> oh, well... Another great thing about urban farming uh, is something that we are used to here, which is urban heat island effect, which is when you are in a city, it is typically hotter than the surrounding area because of air, cars, pavement, and... Yeah, it's something you feel in El Paso more than Las Cruces. Oh, it's bad in El Paso. Phoenix. Oh, geez, Phoenix. So a way of alleviating this is with trees. Some farms obviously have trees and do nut farming, but smaller crops will still have the same effect just on a lesser level so if you have a ton of foliage and greenery around it helps with urban heat island effect a little bit because they absorb some of that heat light that's a good way of kind of would the, down a really hot spot would the heat of the city cause whatever plants you're growing to die 
It depends on the plants, but if you're in a more northern city where it's colder, this is actually slightly advantageous. Okay, but like Phoenix. Oh, you just have to have really hardy plants or waste a ton of water, so maybe Phoenix is not the best. Yeah, just Phoenix is in like a drought. <laughs> yeah. Maybe urban farming doesn't work for the southwest United States, yeah, which I, is having a water crisis. I could crisis. not imagine plants. Oh, wait, no, cactuses. Cact some types of cactus, prickly pear, has fruit. Just grow a ton of those, and you have smoothies everywhere. Yeah, but we can do that anywhere. We don't need that to be in the city. We can walk 10 feet and find one. Why not, like, super mega produce it and then crossbreed? Super. You get, <laughs> are you suggesting GMOs? Because no. that's reserved. No, that's reserved for the big corporate companies. That's I, not allowed. I did not say GMO. I said super mega produce as in, like, instead of walking 10 feet to get 10, you plant a thousand of them in your Aiden house and just have unlimited Aiden didn't world. say GMO. He said genetically modified organisms. I do not. You have to cultivate it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not GMO. It's genetically modified organisms. That's exactly what GMO stands for. I'm aware. No, you're not. But can you read? Jared. The gig's up. I gotta run. <laughs> Come back here, you 19-year-old. <laughs> you know, maybe urban farming is not for extremely dry desert regions. Alaska most times of the year in Canada yeah so go to Dallas that's probably pretty good agriculture spot super humid a lot of water is it humid it's not that humid sorry man uh Houston even Houston. No, you're right. Because Florida. I, I mean, I guess it. I, okay, for the sake of argument, I think Houston would work better than like Phoenix. But I think especially Houston doesn't it have a similar urban heat island effect. It's like El Paso. Yes, but it's not quite as hot there. It's not quite as hot, but it it still has all that concrete. Yeah. I'm sure there's also a time of year to be doing this, right? I know California would be really good all year round, or most of the year. <laughs> In Southern California? All of California is urban farming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly. Most, I mean, at least when I was there in Santa Cruz, like, I, uh, Santa Cruz is kind of known in the surrounding area for farming, but, like, they embrace the natural food, urban farming lifestyle, like, a lot. It's because so California that's, that's is, more like, the common. perfect place for that, too. Yeah, it, that's way more common. With the weather yeah. and the amount yeah. of people, it's a great idea. But I feel like it's not as common on the East Coast as maybe the West Coast. Because, like, the East Coast is filled with more, like, New York, Boston-type cities, which are a lot colder and older. So maybe, you know, if we don't have room for, like, plants, where else could you put them? Maybe on the rooftops? Or how about in the walls? In the walls? So I have a, an article for you here on the screen that no one else is going to be able to see, so it's pointless that I'm telling you that. Um, so there's this company called literally urbanfarming.org, which is a little sketch to start off with, That's but whatever, it's, okay. it's okay. <laughs> Let's just roll with it. So the article came out in January 28th of 2022, and the er article title is Urban Farming Donates Free Vegetable Plants During Super Bowl LVI event 2822. So, so this February. is an old article, but it basically says a portion of these plants will be planted in 56 edible wall units that will be distributed to community members and used for educational purposes at the nonprofit after school facility. A place called Home 
In South Central Los Angeles, the edible wall units are provided by Urban Farm and Family and are a part of an initiative to help families create their own food security by growing food at home. So I'm assuming wall units would be like a lattice. Do you know what a lattice is? Yes. So a lattice-esque wall, probably made of wood and metal, and whatever you're growing just fills in those gaps and creates like a solid wall. But I don't know. I don't know what these actually look like. That's my guess. Well, so it's still dirt farming. You're still using dirt for- Well, yeah, you have a dirt base. Got but it. But if it, if just it has a wall, holes. it has to have something to climb because that's the idea behind a lattice, right? So Got if it. you're doing tomatoes, they have to climb something. Oh, it's called a trellis. Is it? Is if that it's freestanding, if it's, I think we're thinking of different things. If you have a tomato plant with like uh, a cone around it that's just some metal wire kind of pointed, that's a trellis. A lattice might be a little different. So a lattice, yeah, this guy. Oh, this guy right here. And so the reason I'm thinking this versus what you're talking about is because this is a physical wall. This is something that you can put up and the plants fill in the gaps. So yeah. it becomes a solid wall. Got it. I see. So you could basically just have indoor farming with lattices for the plants to yeah. grow really far. Look, look, look. See? Got it. Got it. Got it. That's a good idea, actually. Or even a chain link fence. And if you look here... Um, you could grow plants from the bottom, from the sides where the dirt is, and you could mount dirt in the middle of it. Which means you can fill the whole wall. Right. Which means you don't well, it depends much. on the plants. If you get one kind of plant that's good at climbing, you can totally fill the whole wall without doing grapes. Middle mounted. Yeah, exactly. You have the grape wall. Hey guys, welcome to my grape wall. A big one for this I know is tomatoes. My parents actually have one of these. A lattice? Mm -hmm. So the tomatoes come out, all right. Uh, they don't, they do like flowers on it. Because a lot of flowers are common with this. Got it. My mom likes planting flowers. But, you know, instead of putting lattices inside, why just, why not just completely remove the dirt with like hydroponics or another name for it is aquatonics? Explain to people what hydroponics So are. hydroponics is when you, really all it means is you can grow plants without soil. Instead of like using soil, you add like fertilizer, special fertilizer in the water and the plants just live in the water. Okay, for that, don't you need special lights as well? S same for any indoor farming, you would need lights. Okay, to me, that sounds more expensive. It does and it's a little higher tech, but it's also literally just water and lights and nutrients. Right, and I get that, but I still think it's more pricey than just dirt. <laughs> it might be in the short term, but in the long term, uh, there's actually a method uh, that is called... And then do you have to change... Aeroponics, which actually uses a ton less water. And then wouldn't you have to change the kind of plants? Like, couldn't you only be water-based? And by water-based, I mean like, uh, like plants whose roots are meant to be rooted in just water. No, it was actually Bulbs. a That's what I'm decent amount of plants that can actually adapt to this. One, and two, with our plant editing abilities, GMOs or selective breeding, we could very easily, easy, easily, and feasibly make plants that produce fruit and food from hydroponics really well. We've been doing it for millennia. Corn used to suck, and now corn doesn't. 
A lot of our vegetables used to suck when they were wild, and then they don't now because humans are really Have good at eating Have you seen original plants. wild corn? It's like grass. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Here, hold on. But while you're looking that up, uh, aeroponics is an even more water-effective solution, and you grow them in an insanely misty environment with um, without the use of soil. So it's literally just moist air that feeds the plants. And because of that, you can keep all the water self-contained instead of pouring and filling like the soil. And it saves a lot of water. Um, and I don't know how many plants are good with it, but I think it's good for micrograins and small plants. So I can't find what I was looking for, but I remember seeing pictures that corn looked very different than how it does. You scroll back up, you just found it. Where? Right there, corn history and lore. This guy? Yeah. Uh, I remember it looking weird. But yeah, corn is... We have selected, like, certain traits of corn and bred it, basically. And it's insane, because it used to look like a really thick-headed grass, and then it started having small seeds. Well, I mean, you literally just described what corn is, so... (laughs) Yeah, we we found a plant, and we bred it to have mega-big seeds times 100, so we could eat the big seeds instead of having, like, six small. Cause that's all popcorn is, is little, 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 little plant seeds. Corn seeds. Sweet plant seeds. Are they dehydrated? Yeah, they are, right? Yeah, for popcorn, popcorn they're dehydrated. Dehydrated and reheated. Right. Not reheated. I think heated. you just naturally dehydrate. Yeah, if you dry them out, obviously. I mean, that's what just, I'm saying. I mean, you could just leave it. You like sit them out, set them out in the sun. Mm-hmm. They dry out and you cook them. Or, or you can just eat it once. Yeah, that's just normal corn. Exactly. Um, would you ever consider like hydroponics or aeroponics? Absolutely. Like a- I would much rather grow my own plants than buy them because that costs money. So if I bought you like a little tiny aeroponics kit for absolutely, Christmas, I would. I would love that. I think you would kill it, but it would be worth I a would. shot. I would not be able to keep it alive. I have kind of stopped buying plants for myself because I'm. A, I'm doing okay with my plants now. But it also has to be a plant I would eat because I'm kind of picky. I'm going to get you an almond plant. Dude, I almost died the other night. Jesus. Isel fed me one single fork of quinoa and pesto. And the pesto was made with cashews. One single bite. And... I literally, like, I felt like I was dying. Like, we were on edge all night. Like, we thought we were going to have to go to the ER. It was bad. Pesto and quinoa, like, mixed together? Yeah. It sounds amazing. It was. <laughs> until I almost died. <laughs> until it was like hard pesto. to breathe. I love pesto. But it doesn't try and kill me. <laughs> okay? Like those egg rolls? Like those egg rolls that you fed me. They weren't even egg rolls. They were... Pumpkin. Pecan. Pumpkin rolls. Well, Naomi was like all feeling fancy for Thanksgiving and made them like that. Could have told. I feel like we should cut this part out. Or at least part of it. I I think it's it's kind of a... I think it's a good segue. Segue to like... How I could make my own pesto if you were to give me an aeroponics garden. Got it. So... I can get you a basil. Actually, and I could do cashew. Basil has been cashew less pe- pe- 
pet. Basil pet grown pet. from seed oh, in an aeroponic system located inside a modern greenhouse was the first achieved in 1986. So you can make aeroponic basil and then buy the pine nuts and buy whatever else seasonings that don't have nuts in it for you. See, I'll just go harvest the pine nuts. I don't know where we, pine nuts come from. Dude, you can pine what do you mean you don't know where pine nuts come from? They come from pine trees. There's a specific kind of pine tree that grows in the Gila that does them. They're the same pine nuts? Yes. You're not from all pine trees, but from a very specific breed. You're lying to me. No. I I didn't I didn't realize pine nuts were just the Dude, things inside of the pine Dude, you can walk cones. up to most of the Gila trees and just get them. I never imagined like basil coming into existence by some lad pulling seeds out of a pine cone. No, 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 no. Not basil. Pe- yeah, but pesto. Oh, right, right, Pesto right, needs basil yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and garlic and these, and I just didn't imagine the like, yeah, Odysseus no, they, over they're here, common. like, grinding. They're literally co- most common. Well, I don't know if they're most common, but they're common in New Mexico. You didn't know that? That's, haven't, haven't you ever noticed when you go to, like, towns around the Gila, they sell roasted pine nuts? It's because they're from that area. I didn't notice because I don't pay attention to pine nuts. Yo, could you give me, like, an indoor pine tree where I could harvest my own pine nuts? I don't think pine trees would be very feasible for that because they're big. Christmas trees. Big. Christmas trees. But does that make good pine nuts? And the pine trees that are used for pine nuts are smaller. Big. At least the ones... think Think a Gila pine tree. They're not massive. They're like almost bushes, but bigger. So you have room in your house for a single pine nut bush. Well, you see, if I convert the office that I have right now into a pine nut room, yes. Wouldn't you want to put basil and garlic in here as well? I could probably shove more than one plant in here. No, I don't think so. The plant's in space. Bet. So, would you actually take on, like, a aeroponic garden? Yes, I already one? said yeah. Okay. Yeah, Outside or inside? Uh, Whatever's better, I guess. Either, but I have cats, so I would think outdoor would be better. Got it. So the cats outdoors don't consume it. it. Yeah. Just grow catnip. But then I can't eat it. You can. It doesn't do anything to you. Yeah, but I want food food. Your cats want food food. That's not food food for cats. <laughs> it's food for their mind. <laughs> well, I guess on this topic of like indoor farming, there's also uh, another thing you can do, which is mushroom farming. And fungus doesn't need sunlight in the same way that plants do. You want me to blow your mind again? Yes. Okay. So... When we were in the old apartment, neither you, you, you didn't know about this. I tried growing mushrooms in the old apartment. How? <laughs> See, this blows his mind because he didn't even know. Obviously. I had like multiple places in the old apartment I was growing mushrooms from. Like, what do you mean? Like big edible mushrooms. Where? I need to know. <laughs> Under the sink, in our bathroom. And under the fireplace. What do you mean? Do you had a pot in there? No, 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 no. That's not how you grow mushrooms. So when you grow mushrooms, you take a small plastic bin, right? You layer the, or you coat the inside with plastic wrap. You fill it with dirt. You wet the dirt. And then um, basically mushrooms have spores on the inside of the caps, right? So you knock the spores out into the dirt. You wet it some more, you put another layer of plastic wrap, and then you take the 
the lid of the plastic thing and you drill holes in it and you put it on top. And I grew them in the old apartment. I don't remember seeing anything in the apartment. I know. How did you hide it in there? I didn't. I wasn't trying to hide it. You guys just never found them. Because <laughs> they no... need darkness. You can't grow them in the light. You mean like under the fire pit? I or legitimately like in the fire. No, pit? I legitimately put it under the fire and then put my amp over it so that no light would go in. Because if you remember, my amp was the perfect size to go into that slot. That is genius. <laughs> Literally, and I. So I ha- I was trying to grow these mushrooms, and I went to the NMSU because if if you know. NMSU has wild-grown mushrooms. Where? Everywhere. I've never Literally, seen them. Okay, go to the horseshoe, walk through the grass, and just look. Got it. They're she there. Just take- so I legitimately have How you seen them. How did you know them? that it was edible? See, that's the rub right there. I collected a bunch of them, and that's where I got my seeds from. And so basically, I had to go through and individually pull off the stalk and shake out into the bins those seeds. Got it. And after I was all done, I was like, man, my hands are kind of itchy. My eyes are kind of itchy. That's weird. I wonder if these are edible. (laughs) And so I went online and the thing that gets me about mushrooms, mushroom growers, mushroom fanatics is everything is 50 50. I legitimately did like hours of research just to find out it was either a very edible, very delicious mushroom or something that would literally kill you if you touched it. Well, you didn't die when you touched it. Like if you eat it. And so literally that was the 50-50 decision I got. And so I was like, well, there's nothing I can do. And I just threw them all away. You have that. That's I, I'm surprised you took that option. I thought you were going to be like, hey, Aiden, try this. No, I was tempted. But I was like, what if he actually dies? And like, then they're like, how did Aiden die? And he's like, well, I had these mushrooms. And then they're like, so you had illegal drugs. It's like, no, not those kinds of mushrooms. Like food mushrooms. And they're like, so you killed him. So you killed him on purpose. No, 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 no. See, I didn't know if it was poisonous. But you still killed him. <laughs> so you, you gave him something that may have been poisonous. Well, it would yeah. only be fair though, because of the egg roll situation. <laughs> this is true, but I don't think the police. But it has to be way. something that almost kills me, not actually. See, that's the thing. The 50-50, like if it was poisonous, it would have killed you. There's like, no guarantee. Like you literally have to get to the, you need to be basically in the ER when you consume it to survive. Just do that. No, what? <laughs> no, and so literally I was just like, well, uh, my skin's itchy and kind of burning, so I'm gonna take that as a sign that they're poisonous and I just toss them all. How long were you growing them before? For a while. Got it. Did like the there? buckets were still there when we moved out. Got it. Did any of them grow? Yeah. So imagine this, but like on a high scale where you like grow thousands of different mushrooms. See, and I wanted to do but that. You have to find reliable mushrooms. It's hard. So the reason I tried it in the first place is because I found out that if you get the right mushrooms, you can make money. Money. Because they're easy. You can grow them all year round. You need a cold, damp, dark place. You need the right kind of mushroom, and that's it. Dirt. So literally put the seeds in, spray them, spray them water every day with water every day. Make sure they're damp, make sure they're dark. That's it. That's literally all you Who need. Who do you sell them to? Have you ever been to the farmer's market? Yes. There's literally people that sell mushrooms the size of that isolation box for food to people. 
You have a point. Like that, it's like a genuine like like it's not gonna make you like rich, but it's a it's a side, side hustle. hustle exactly. Or hustle. I guess in this uh, community, it would be like you provide the mushrooms. My my friend Amanda has the tomatoes, and we all come together yeah. every week and swap. So me and Sell spend probably we buy at least one small bucket of mushrooms every two weeks, and we're done with it by the end of that two weeks. Got it. So and not so very much. If I were to, that saves me six bucks every two weeks. That's true. And because of the way they grow, I could grow way more than what we'd be. What do you mean by it? that's not too much meaning like whatever you grow, you get to sell mostly? Because exactly. you're not going to eat or like give away. mushrooms. Or give away. You, okay. you, yeah, you would literally cook like you. I'll give you some of my basil leaves. Okay. <laughs> like, and I'm still willing to try the mushroom thing. It's just, it's, it's, it's working time. It just orders the space that are like legit. See? That's one option. I was trying to avoid that because they're kind of pricey. You can order kits where you get the mushrooms, the boxes to grow them in, the fertilizer, the dirt, like you get everything. Got it. But they're kind of pricey. Like how much? Uh, like like starting at a hundred, going to a couple hundred. It's not the worst, but it's like not. it would get cheaper if a whole community did it because then it wouldn't. Right. It would be and I think some support. It would get like it's cheaper than hydroponics, obviously, but it's not like super cheap like i think this like you can go to walmart and buy a small thing of basil <laughs> like i think that would be cheaper yeah i think it'd be better to grow stable crops or something that's like hardy well they are pretty hardy that's the thing they're pretty easy to grow well, i mean like corn is and corn wheat. supposed to be hardy yeah I know. you can make everything potatoes with, you can make everything with corn and potatoes, potatoes. and oats. Yeah. I mean, you can make milk you can make bread we should do potatoes we should grow and potatoes are easy here in the office right there underneath that table potatoes uh, all of it all the plants and <gasps> that actually we can do microgreens we can do like two square inches for like every different type of vegetable <laughs> yeah exactly and that's go. actually a very valid option uh, just just to test to see if this is feasible well we already know it's feasible because some places do it yeah there's actually a few examples um obviously there's a lot of urban farming everywhere you go but like bigger organizations some examples are uh in detroit michigan it's a urban farm that's built off of an old elementary school and like turned into a farm so the land was basically just abandoned or useless because obviously there's a new school so this farm took over that land and made a farm out of it it is pretty big it has an expansion plan to have fish as well. So urban farming isn't just limited to like, you know, plants. You could that be not farming, but um, I don't actually know what it would be called, but I know the urban farming de definition includes things like that because it's about growing food and it's farming in the same sense that like raising cattle is farming. So it could also be urban agriculture. Agriculture still Agriculture is a broad term. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. So, you know, you can and so still what? get your meat products. You keep chickens in your New York apartment? No, no, no. It would be part of the community garden. And having chickens around would also be decent for the overall ecosystem of the Oh, plants. I see. Okay. That so makes you have more like sense. a garden that has chickens, it has different foods, and everyone contributes their share to the garden. Yeah, without there being a community thing, I could not see that ever working. But that's why this is so. This, this example is so cool because it is a community, a nonprofit that was established, that like control that kind of like runs it, and it's a community park. So, 
alternatively, because you need space for that. You need a lot of ground space, a lot of flat open space, or like an abandoned school or something. Alternatively, even just an empty lot and a trailer park. Alternatively, you don't need flat land. You need to build it into the sides of buildings. An example would be over apartment balconies, right? So think hanging garden right so you literally are building it in the air and i've seen concept art of this where nice tall buildings and every single building is covered in plants got it the outsides of them and that would really help with like heating as well because plants absorb some of that heat exactly and then you could do individual apartment based farms because each apartment has their own balcony with their own plants in it yeah and or maybe one balcony to two apartments Exactly, and even that, you can have an entire community-wide garden, like a center to like trade, and then everyone has their own garden and yep. their own food. And that probably won't get them all the food they need, but it will put a decent chunk in and some I think that you have to import. Practically, that makes more sense if you're thinking about the future and how we use space, right? Because if we're thinking about the world and how many humans are existing and are going to exist in expansion and how we're going to, if, if we end up running out of space, that would be the most viable built up versus out. Yeah. And if you maximize the effective effectiveness of every space that we inhabit, not only do you have living area, you also have farming area, land that doesn't have to be cut down in forests to farm to feed an extra apartment complex for the people and also not having to make the apartment complex even larger. You just kind of mix use everything, be more efficient. Um, you know, there's actually even more examples of this. Do you want to guess a city? Um, and I'll see if it's on the list. Dubai. Okay. Uh, guess a city that is known for a big clock. London? Yes, correct. London, you'd think maybe it's too rainy. England is very agricultural, so you could still grow in one of the largest Different crops. Yeah. Um, isn't it all they grow potatoes? <laughs> uh, they definitely grow a lot of potatoes. That's I thought that's all they grew, though. I didn't think they did anything else, and they had to import everything. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how London works. They took over their empire, took over half the world for spices that they don't use. So why would they... Why would they only grow potatoes? No, they took anymore? over. They took over half the world because they didn't have spices. Because all they had were potatoes, and their potatoes were. Gross. And they still didn't <laughs> use the spices. They used a little bit. Like it's not all pepper. of it. Yeah. So there is one in London called uh, Farm Holin, not like the word Holin, like Farm dot dot Shop and Farm London. Uh, it's a shop that has urban agriculture and like encourages people to come together and market as well you know there's also another one in singapore so you were close when you said dubai Dubai. yeah singapore dubai same thing they're on the other side of the world who cares i'm just kidding singapore is a city state dubai is tall have you ever been to singapore andy no no why not have you ever been to singapore that's none of your business so singapore actually has a greenhouse with like high ceiling so you have vertical farming i don't know if it's hydroponics or aeroponics but it's some form of vertical farming because it's a big city so that is a different example than the one in michigan Michigan is very spread out singapore a denser city very dense so you can have dense and spread out farms there's even some in texas bryan texas there's a 
thing called the Distributed Urban Farming Initiative, and Canada, United States, and New Zealand all have a thing called Sharing Backyards, which is an initiative that started here. It doesn't seem very big, but it is a thing that just kind of lets you farm in your unused yard space because you know a lot of Americans have big yards that they do nothing with but grow grass that takes way too much water. So why not use that water for things that are kind of cool like tomatoes and potatoes? So all of this sounds great and all but there are some downsides. One of the big ones being pesticides. So on farms like large area farms Pesticides are used to keep bugs away from destroying the crops. And some of those pesticides are not safe to use within a small enclosed environment. Like so if you were to- Like farm. Right, exactly. Or if you were to have, it, 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 you can't use them in indoor farms, you can't use them, let's say you had a big city and all the walls were covered in plants, you could not use them. That's too dense, right? You have to have a relatively spread out area if you're gonna use some of the harsher pesticides. So, you know, there, there are downsides. There are other downsides like laws and, like I said, corporations that are going to come out to get you if you're not buying their stuff. Yeah, the way our society is set up right now is not very indicative of this happening very easily, at least in large scale. But that can always change. So I guess the first thing to do of time. before getting these absolutely amazing concept gardens would be to uh, just laws or start with a tiny garden why not start well, i mean yeah yeah you can go laws are going to take a long we should time. all uprise we should all start tiny gardens and just stop buying food in stores until the all the supermarket until, until walmart go out goes of business broke. yeah yeah but then the corporations are going to be like well let's make laws so they can't grow food at home or it's not safe they corporatize at home farming somehow that's already a thing. They, what they do, what these companies do, is they make pests that only kill all the plants that aren't made by them. And Ooh, then they have to sell gonna, us the seeds. We are not gonna get into the uh, conspiracy theory. No, those aren't conspiracy theories. Those are solid facts that you just spit um, that we're not gonna get into today because I don't want to get canceled yet. <laughs> we don't want these companies to come after us for their bugs that, that don't exist. Obviously. Yeah. I right. actually didn't know about that. Well, it, they don't design. Okay, so they don't design bugs. They design. You said you didn't want to get into it. Aiden is right. I think that's all we have for today. All the time. All the all the time we have for today. <laughs> I think we need to end the episode there. Any any last words before we end the podcast? I'm gonna mega farm my aloe plant for burns because I get burned a lot in the sun. Yeah, if me and Aiden actually start. Uh, mini farms or urban farms we'll, we'll update you guys on instagram which you guys should go follow us at bad kitty media we also have a facebook no we don't instagram is facebook we don't even have a meta dude meta is facebook and instagram we are meta. right i only have instagram but facebook exists and they're the same go check us out on instagram i don't think we have a facebook although i may have to double check that <laughs> i made you doubt good we also have a website. Yeah, a website that you guys can go check out. See our photos of our urban farming. But which more I importantly, totally we need to uh, share the podcast with our friends. Yeah, share the podcast with your friends or else we'll come into your bedroom at night and kill your urban farm. Yeah, we're going to pour pesticides on it. Yes. No, planticides. Plant, <laughs> planticides. Like a, a weed spray. <laughs>
well, well, herbicide. There we go. Poor weed killer. I think is what he's going for. <laughs> weed killer on it. it, it While well, you sleep. Yeah. If you don't share it with your friends. But if you do share it with your friends, we'll come in the middle of the night and <laughs> pour fertilizer. We have some fresh back. Yes, yeah, fertilizer. We will put fertilizer on your plants. <laughs> Okay, that's it for today. We'll talk to you guys next episode.